I'm going to take a few moments uh, this morning uh, to talk about uh, just Mary uh, as in some victory keys from Mary, <laughs> the mother of Jesus. And um, so I want to just uh, look at that for a few moments because Mary, you know, uh, had a, she had a special calling in her life um, to be the mother of the Son of God. Now, some, some in, re, in the religious world have exalted her maybe to a place that she shouldn't be. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. But I am going to say that, um, but she did have a special calling, didn't she? In fact, the angel appeared to her and said, you're highly favored. You're highly favored. You have to be highly favored to get that position, to have that calling, uh, to become the mother uh, the receptacle of the divine seed <laughs> and then birth that seed, be the natural part of this supernatural being and, and to help birth that, birth him into the earth. So that was a unique position, a unique call. Uh, and Mary was an example of faithfulness. Um, you know, it's interesting when you study some things about the early church, you know, from the early church fathers, uh, you do realize Jesus had a grandpa, <laughs> a grandfather, actually had two, but uh, of course we, we know he was, he didn't have a natural father from a natural aspect. Now Joseph became his father in the, you know, from a, as far as helping to raise him, but, um, but he did have also grandparents, uh, that, and you don't hear, you know, you don't hear about them. And, and really, you know, we have listed in the genealogies some names, but yet, uh, you don't see anything about them in scripture, but yes, church history is interesting. There's, there are some, uh, historical, uh, things that have been written about, uh, like Mary's father and mother, uh, now I'm not I'm not saying we're not taking this as absolute scripture, but yet there are some things you know that can be when you have several different voices from early church fathers, and some of those things were considered just factual, just like you have historical records of of other you know people back in that day, uh, you know that most people assume are just factual you know factual uh, realities, and so it's interesting though uh, Mary's father was. Uh, he had a position in the uh, in the in the church. He had a position in the temple. He uh, her father was called a scroll a scroll scholar. Um, this is what church history is, tells us now, and um, and so he was he was in church a lot. You know, he was dedicated to God. Uh, in fact, uh, the history tells us that. Uh, he and his mother were, were older when they had Mary. Mary was an only child. And they were older, and they, and, they, and they had made a vow, a consecration to God, that if he would give them a child, they would dedicate that child to the Lord for his purposes. And so I, I think it's interesting because we dedicated some children and parents this morning, you know, uh, that it's amazing the, the role a parent can help play in the favor of God on a child's life. Because you're helping put them in a place where God's favor can be more manifest in their life. Now, God still has a plan for everybody, even if their parents aren't serving God. Okay? And God can still use people that will look to him and, and you know turn their eyes to Jesus. And God has a plan for every person, right? But... You realize there's, the Bible talks about parents, and it talks about the influence a parent can have. And so uh, Mary's parents obviously put her in a position, and, and I believe we're going to see some things here even as we go a little bit here on some of these victory keys, how uh, them helping put her in that position through, through dedicating her to the Lord um, helped her be, a, be this highly favored individual that God could use for this special call uh, as being the mother of the Son of God. So we see some thing, attributes about Mary and, uh, and her faithfulness to God. So we're going to look at four, just briefly here, four victory keys 
that we can see uh, from Mary in her life. Number one, number one, Mary made room for God's agenda. Mary made room for God's agenda. Let's look over in Luke chapter 1 uh, and begin reading here in verse Verse 26, we're just going to spend most of our time here in Luke 1 here uh, this morning. Luke 1, verse 26, says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob Forever And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered, said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this was now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Let's stop there for the moment. Um, But I want you to see here this first point, and some other points obviously will be involved in this uh, this passage of Scripture too. But um, the first point here is Mary made room for God's agenda. I mean, you think about this. Here's this young young teenager, basically, an older teenager probably. I may say most... A lot of historians say around around 15 years old. Uh, and here she is. She's getting this <laughs> visitation from this angel. And this incredible honor is being bestowed upon her. Now, isn't it interesting, though, she didn't run. She was, she was prepared in one sense, and that's where I say her parents, I think, helped with this, prepared her for the supernatural. And to help her be, be able to receive God's agenda for her life. Where she was willing and open to do the will of God. And here she is. She's being honored for this unique place in history of all mankind. But in spite of this honor, you realize Mary was going to have to sacrifice her agenda. Any plan she had just went out the window. (laughs) Maybe she had some thoughts about who she was going to date or who she was going to, just just things she was going to, I mean, just dreams, goals of, you know, this was all about to just be thrown out the window when when all of a sudden you get a word that you're going to have a baby. Changing her world. And for one thing, She's got a major commitment for the next nine months. (laughs) Wow. That's a huge investment in time, energy, and any, any pregnant mom or has been pregnant, you know. Then to be the mother for the rest of her life with no guarantee of a dad around, which opens up the door for a high level of persecution probably in her life. That's at least her initial, those thoughts are coming to her because the plan with Joseph hadn't been worked out yet. And so these are things she's having to, to say, I'm willing to set aside my plans, my agenda for God's agenda in my life. Wow. You do realize Mary could have refused. God doesn't force anybody to do anything. But God knew her heart, so he knew, I mean, obviously he knew this was a a young lady who was willing 
to not follow her agenda if God had a different plan. How many know we need to be that way? This is a victory key to life. We've got to be willing to set aside our agenda. Maybe what we've figured out is the best way, the best route, the best plan. If God has something else he's brought into our life, we see something from God's word. We, we, God reveals something to our hearts. He puts something, uh, he deposits something on the inside of us that says, this is what I, I have for you next to do. He wants us being like Mary, willing to make room for his agenda. If we're going to have God's best, we've got to be willing to make room for his agenda. It's the willing and obedient that eat the good of the land, Isaiah said. Amen. This is very important. You know, I, I can remember when God... You know, my wife and I, we were following God and went out to Oklahoma and went to Bible school. I was working for a minute, you know, kind of taking ministries out there and uh, involved. And they were, and, and I was getting more added to me. I was, we were seeing God's blessing on our life and on our family. And I'm just minding my own business. <laughs> and then an agenda change, an agenda, a new agenda dropped down on the inside of me. And it was going to change my world. He's told, he put in me, I want you to go back to Montgomery, Alabama and start a church. That, and Montgomery was that place I said I would never go back to. I was dumb enough to tell people that. <laughs> Be careful what you're going to say you're not going to do. <laughs> and, uh, and so God dropped it in me. It was supernatural. I knew it when it happened. I remember where I was. I remember the day. I remember... Uh, knowing this is not my idea, but you're putting it in me. Now, I got, I was able to get happy about it eventually. After my wife got over it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you've got to be willing for God to interrupt your plans. Because I had plans. I finally was willing to stay out there. I tried to get away from there in Oklahoma for years, but then I said, all right, we're happy here. We'll just we'll, we'll make the best of it, even though there was still that inkling on the inside, something else may come. Well, it came, and God changed our plans. You know, there were religious people in Jesus' day. Jesus comes, and he's preaching this good news. Remember the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and and, and when they, hear, they would hear Jesus preach, you know what they, they would say, though? We like it the way it is. <laughs> Don't you come rattle our cage. We're Abraham's kids. We're doing what we, 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 we like it the way it is. So those are the ones that ended up crucifying him. Because they did not want the new agenda. But for it to work out best in our lives, we've got to be willing, amen, to be like Mary and set aside our agenda and say, Lord, I'll take your agenda. I know this pastor, he shared, uh, he shared, this, test, shared this situation in his church one time. A person, uh, there was a man, he was a married man, a husband and wife, and this guy had uh, had some kind of... Uh, condition where he was he was crippled and uh to a degree not not completely but he could it, it was he was having problems and they came in started coming to his church through a special had a special meeting and and he got touched by god and he he started actually seeing his body get better and he was getting excited about it but his wife his wife and this they ended up this pastor ended up finding out about it because they they were coming, they were excited, they were getting into the word, he was seeing God work in his body, but all of a sudden they stopped coming and he finds out the wife got upset because they found out in, that they were going to be getting a, a, a settlement from the, because it was, it was rooted in an injury he had, uh, this, you know, his, his, his physical problem was, was uh, the cause of it was rooted in some kind of an injury that someone had done to him. 
and uh, and they found out if he gets if he's able to walk proper, you know, and, and be and be okay, they wouldn't get this certain financial settlement. So she pulled him out of the church. How many, how many realize she didn't want God's agenda for him? Amen. You got to be willing to be interrupted by God. And sometimes that interruption will be great blessing for your life. You may not see it at the moment. How many know God can take care of them financially as well <laughs> in that situation? Praise God. Listen, blessings, miracles, God's best for your life, for your family, are tied to your willingness to take on his agenda for your life. Mary, I mean, look at, I mean, just think about it for just, I mean, we're not going to, I mean, I'm going to go to the next point here, but just remember, this is a young lady that her whole world got blown up. And and she's having to start fielding the darts from the devil of why this is not a great idea and what she's going to be in for. Because she didn't know the rest of this plan. She knew God had spoken to her, and she had her heart in a place. She kept her heart in a place. Keep your heart in a place where you're ready for God's interruptions to your agenda. Be willing to change, willing to adjust. Amen. Secondly, Mary esteemed the word of God highly. This is a victory key to your life. In my life, we've got to esteem God's word highly. Esteem what God says above what we're feeling, above what we're able to figure out with our peanut brain. Amen. See, Mary, she asked the angel, we read that in verse 34. She said, how is this going to happen? Now, that wasn't a, Mary was not doubting here. She just wanted to, she, this was not, these were not words of doubt. These were just words of warning. All right, how's this going to take place? Because this isn't, this isn't natural here. I mean, this is not, it's something I've never heard of. So she's just asking, how's this going to happen? So there was no doubt here because we, it, we realized this because of verse 38. Look up, look at ver, chapter one, verse 38. We stopped at verse 37, I believe. Put up verse 38 there. Then Mary said, after that angel told her how it was going to happen, she said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. She had such an esteem for God's word. And I believe, again, that goes back to a degree to her parents because her father was a scroll scholar. He was in the word all the time. And he made sure that Mary was around. He was around. He was in church all the time. How many of it's good to have your kids in church? Not ask them if they want to go. Our kids never got, they never had an option. (laughs) We would laugh if they even acted like they weren't going to go. Or thought they had something better to do. Amen. And so Mary, Mary obviously had had been established in her life an esteem for the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, one of the main keys to doing the will of God, I've had people ask me, how do I know the will of God? How can I do the will of God? Well, first you start with do what his word says do. Read the Bible, find out what the word says to do, and then do it. That's number one, esteem the word in your life to such a degree you're willing to act on it when you see what it says. Then if God wants to speak to you further, he can. But he's got to have somebody first willing to do the written word. Put that into practice before he'll give you other words. A separate word to your spirit. A specific word for your life. But God wants to first see, will you do what he tells you to do in his word? When you'd rather, when you'd rather return evil for evil, are you willing to walk in love when his word tells you to? <laughs> Some people want to prosper. Lord, you got a plan for me to prosper and be blessed? Well, why don't you tithe? Oh, but that's just what, well, I know that's in the Bible, but, no, no buts. 
Put the word first. That's the road to prosperity for your life because you're putting God first. You're putting, when you put his word first, you're saying, God, you're first in my life. So you esteem the word above what you can feel, above what you can reason out in your head, above the circumstances of life. Amen. See, Mary had to esteem the word above what she felt at the moment. She may have felt like this ain't, this ain't, this ain't the right thing for me, but, uh, but thank God she esteemed the word of God highly. See, when a person's willing to receive, listen, when a person's willing to receive the promise of God, the promise of God is incorruptible seed. The word is incorruptible seed, Peter tells us. And that seed gets in our hearts and it conceives a miracle. It gets in our hearts when we hear it, when we meditate on it. And faith comes forth and, con- and is conceived. That word then becomes flesh. It becomes reality in our lives. Glory to God. But you've got to esteem it for it to be able to work in your life like that. If you're going to have, this is the great key to miracles is getting the word in your heart. First and foremost. Again, a lot of people are looking for some miracle to happen if they go to the right meeting, if they hear, if somebody prays for them or, or, or just hoping their, their lottery number comes up in heaven. No, you can get the seed of God's word in your heart and you'll have the miracle that that word promises you if you'll let it get in you, let it germinate, let you know, water that seed till it comes to full fruition. Full harvest. God's seed is miracle seed. The word of God is miracle. All his promises are miracle seeds. They just need to get planted in a receptive heart. Amen. And then nurtured properly so that it can produce the miraculous in your life. Glory be to God. Number three. See, I'm going to get you out fairly early this, this, this morning. I know you still got some Christmas shopping to do, right? Some of you. Not me, but I'm sure you do. Number three. Now you don't know how many. You don't know how long I'm going to teach on this point right here, though. Do you? Number three. <laughs> Mary, Mary associated with faith encouragers. Amen. Let's let's look at Luke one verse beginning verse thirty nine. Look at verse thirty nine here. Praise the Lord. Luke 1, 39. Mary arose in those days, went to the hill country with haste. This is after she got that word in her. She said, be it unto me according to your word, to the city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, cousin Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. That's the first leaping Baptist right there. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted unto me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This is Elizabeth there, she said. For indeed, as soon as the, as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Hallelujah. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Notice her words of encouragement. Her words were building. They were faith building. See, something in Mary knew, I need to get around somebody that's also pregnant. When you're pregnant with a promise, it's it's good for you to also hang around other pregnant folks. I'm talking about spiritually here now. Someone who can also lift you, encourage you, strengthen you, build you. Amen. You don't need to, when you have a dream, a goal, a vision, something that you believe God put in your heart, how many of you realize it's not good then to just hang around basement dwellers? You need to get to the penthouse dwellers. You need to get with somebody that's also got some vision, also is stirred by some of the same things you are, and someone that can build you with their words instead of tear you down. 
Because I guarantee you, Mary could have gotten around some folks. <laughs> you know, some, you realize some Israelites were known for their doubt, too. <laughs> their history's full of it. But uh, she could have gotten around some, some folks that said, you think you're what? And you've never known a man, but you're, yeah, you're crazy, girl. We got a white jacket for you to put on. And she could have been, her faith could have been just been blasted. You got to be careful sometimes who you share your dreams with. And even, even promises that you're standing on. I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen. People, they, they, get, they got revelation about healing and they're excited and they're believing God. Then they get back around a group of people that don't believe in divine healing and want to let you know about it. And discourage people. And I've seen people's faith just get pulled out of. How many of the Bible says the devil comes to steal the word out of your heart? And he'll even use well-meaning people. But they just care for you. Well, they may care for you in a measure. But, uh, but if they really care for you, they would care for you along the lines of the word of God. If they did, and I know some people do it in ignorance, but that's why you have to protect yourself. They may care for you, but you have to protect your heart and don't just share everything with everybody. You may need to go somewhere and find someone and, 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 and believe God for someone that you can know that you can, they'll encourage you. They'll be like a, listen, God's got some Elizabeths for you too to help nurture your dream, nurture the promise. Nurture the seed. Help that seed grow. Now, what's one reason, one purpose for a local church? of People of like precious faith. Okay? No, no, no you need to find people of like precious faith. No, that, that, that are going to believe some things like you, like you've seen in the word. Amen. Hallelujah. What did uh, Paul say in Hebrews chapter 10? I think we've got verse 24 and 25 here. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says we need, we need to be able to consider one another in order to do what? Stir up love and good works. How I many we all need, we all need some stirrers in our life. And, 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 and you also need to be a stirrer. Notice the connection here with the church, not forsaking assembling together as a matter of some, but exhorting one another. Isn't that what Elizabeth did with Mary? She exhorted her. Built her up. Hallelujah. Even more so as we get closer to the Lord's return. Praise God. So it's important who you hang with. Now realize we all, we all get opportunities to, and we should have contact with people that don't know the Lord. You know, I, I've shared before, I like to get out on the golf course sometime, and, and I like to run into people that don't know Jesus. And walk nine holes with them. I enjoy that. I, I like to, that, that's, that way I can, you know, I, I get a chance to maybe just, just help somebody in the word of God somehow. Or somebody that's maybe, I tend to run into backsliders for some reason. But that's okay. I said, Lord, I'm willing to, anybody you want me to, you know, anybody can help, you know, or encourage or whatever, or just not, not condemn them. And I have, usually after they've told me, you know, about all their drinking and all of this and all of that, I, I, then they asked me what I do for a living about the fifth hole. Well, I ain't going to lie to him. I usually, I, I want to just say, well, maybe I'm a motivational speaker, but uh, <laughs> been tempted to say that because I don't want to see the look on their face. But I tell them I'm a pastor, you know, and they go, oh, and they go, oh, man. Then they start, well, they either go one of two directions. They either tell they either stay, they'll either start repenting and then say, I'm sorry, or they'll start telling me how they're the deacon at their church <laughs> and how spiritual they really are, even though they haven't been, you know, acting that spiritual. But, and I say, man, don't worry, I'm, no problem. I'm just here. Hey, no problem. Let's just have fun. <laughs> Praise God. So we all have contact with people that maybe don't know Jesus, and that's, that's good. We need to be the salt in, a, in this world, light in a dark world. 
So we need that contact, but yet when it comes to fellowship, someone you pour your heart out to, you don't just do that with anybody. You don't just do that with the guy in the office just because you know him. No, it needs to be someone you have a spiritual. God gives divine connections. He gives Elizabeth to Mary's. Okay, he's still doing that. And Mary knew. She ran to her. She said, I got to get to Elizabeth. I got to tell somebody what's going on inside of me. Somebody's going to understand. And Elizabeth started prophesying. Glory to God. We need somebody who can speak life into our life. And we need, we need you, each one of us, needs to be someone as a divine connection that can speak life into other people's lives. An encouragement. Be a faith, a faith builder, not a faith discourager. Someone who can help nurture that, nurture that seed that's on the inside of that person. That divine purpose, that, that plan, that, that promise that God has blessed that person with. Amen? Amen. And number four, praise the Lord. One, well, let me just give you one verse so before, cause, before I move on. I, I, Proverbs 13, 20, because this is a spiritual principle. This is still with point three. Proverbs 13, 20 uh, says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. See, if you want to look, look at the people you hang out with, because you're going to look, that's, if you look at them real close, you're looking at your life next year and the year after. The spiritual principle, you start hanging around certain people, that's going to get on you, get in you. you and you've got to be willing to possibly be alone for a little bit. I found that true principle in my life. You got to be willing. You got to be willing to say, All right, Lord, I'm going to trust, or at least keep your relationship not to where you're sharing your, your heart with somebody that's too closely and trust God for an Elizabeth. Okay? Trust God for someone you can have and then get in the right place on purpose with people of like precious faith. Amen? So I, w- I wanted to get that scripture to you. Number four. Number four. Mary strengthened. Strengthen her walk with worship. You know, she had to walk out the plan of God. She had to walk out her faith. She had to walk out this divine uh, purpose God had for her life. And, and so Mary had to strengthen that walk with worship. Here, right after, right after Elizabeth exhorted and prophesied into her life, uh, notice that, that strengthened her, but also no, look what else she did here in verse 46. Notice what Mary did. This is Mary having to deal with the greatest challenge of any person's life, you know, pretty much. I mean, this was one of the greatest challenges anybody's ever had to have. And we see here, here in Luke, Luke 1, go ahead and put up Luke 1, 46 there. And, uh, and look, look how she responded. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. She just started worshiping <laughs> the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state. Then she starts magnifying what the Lord has done. Regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Hadn't the Lord done great things for you? All you got to do is look in his word. All you got to do is look in the, the epistles. You realize what Jesus went to the cross for and was raised from the dead for your and my benefit, who we are in Christ. You can start reading throughout, throughout the word of God and realize you've been delivered from the power of darkness. That by his stripes you were healed. All this, the wonderful promises of God, he, he supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. He's already done great and mighty things for you and me. But we need to acknowledge that. One way we acknowledge that and get strong in that is become a worshiper. And that means you worship God in spite of what you feel, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of the circumstances, you're a worshiper. Because you know something. Like Mary, you know that God is mighty. (laughs) 
You know that he does great things. Praise God. So she watered, she watered that miracle seed that was in her with worship. That's one thing you do when you, when you stand in faith. You get into faith. You receive the word of God in faith. But then from that point on, you worship. You worship until the manifestation of the victory. Become a worshiper. That's how you keep your expectancy level high. That's how you keep your joy level high. Because you need that. Just like Mary needed that, that exhortation from Elizabeth. She also knew, I've got to run with that. And I've got to worship God right now. So Mary became a worshiper. She was a worshiper. She magnified the Lord. She didn't magnify the problem. Now, verse 46, put that back up. Verse 46 did not say, my soul is extremely worried. <laughs> In the natural, you could say, boy, she had a right to. She's about to get the most persecution anybody's ever could get, you know. She's about to face, you know, the mob, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're, they're always so sad, you see, because they don't believe the Bible. So she's about to face all these, all these you know, religious people that want to... Want to stone her. So she hadn't got the rest of the plan yet. She thinks Joseph's going to run away from her. She thinks everybody's going to leave her except Elizabeth. So she, should, she could have said, my soul is extremely worried. But listen, worry weakens your walk. Worship strengthens your walk so that you can walk out the plan of God. Walk out the things God's put in your heart. Walk out the dream, the vision, the supernatural seed that, that has been deposited in you. And walk out your faith. Worshippers walk it out with strength. You got a purpose to be a worshiper too. You just got a purpose. I'm going to be a worshiper. I don't care what it looks like, I'm worshiping. Hallelujah. I don't care if a new virus pops up in February and they make you wear three masks <laughs> in certain places. Nothing would shock me. <laughs> From the world standpoint. But what are we going to be? We better be worshipers because we're going to come through. Worshipers will get to the other side strong. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not believing for any more problems to come as far as that, that area, that arena, but, but uh, I believe it's going to get better. Yet, the world ain't going to get better. We already got that in the Bible. You realize you can't pray away what the Bible's already prophesied is true. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says evil men are going to wax worse and worse. That means the crazy people are going to get crazier. The nuts are going to get nuttier. Amen. But that's all right. I'm a worshiper. And I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get stronger. Because worship puts your focus on, on the one who is the answer. Worship puts your attention on the one who gives you the strength and who is mighty on your behalf. Worship keeps you in the right place. Worship is what you surround your, that seed with, that your faith, the faith, that deposit that's in your heart, that promise. If you're pregnant with a promise, you need to be a worshiper like Mary. She worshiped. She worshiped. See, the devil wants to come in and cause you to miscarry. The devil's all about miscarrying. He wants to do something. He wants to steal that seed out of you. He wants to steal that promise out of you. I'm talking about spiritually now. He wants to steal it. He wants, you, he wants it to be aborted. He wants to, he wants to, to, to die, that dream, that, that vision, that promise. So he'll do all he can through circumstances, through, even through other people at times that, that are listening to the devil's voice. And just through the just through circumstance, just through the fact that you're going to have to deal with the tests and trials of this life, 
And you have to deal with feelings and, and your own mind and not, 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 you know, the part of your mind that doesn't want to line up with God's word. You got to keep your mind renewed and you got to be a worshiper. Start worshiping him for, for what he's done for you. Keep worshiping him that he is mighty. Keep worshiping him that he's done great things and start noting them in his word, all the great things he's done for you. Father, I thank you that you've met my need. Father, I thank you that you've healed my body. Father, I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God. Thank you. You hear and answer my prayer. I thank you. I'm delivered from the power of the devil. Those are all great and mighty truths in the New Testament. That he's worthy of our worship for. And it will keep you strong. Cause you to overcome and not be weak. See, you can put your energy into worry. Or you can put your energy into worship. Anybody can worry. It's just meditation in reverse. Or you can worship and keep your mind stayed on him. And also cause his manifest presence to show up in your life and in your circumstances. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Worshipers get miracles. Mary is a prime example. She got a miracle, delivered it, delivered him. The, great, the first great miracle of the new covenant, really, of the new of the new, of the turning of the page from the old. There were miracles in the old, but this was the greatest one. All the old prophecies pointed to this, you know, that, this is what it was all about, bringing this redeemer into the earth. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, all the 300 plus Old Testament prophecies that prophesied of that first coming of the Lord. We mentioned about 25 of them. How supernatural that was. And for the, all for that culmination, but Mary got to be the container. But Mary had to do certain things, and God knew she would. She had to do the right thing to protect the seed. That's an example for us. We've got to protect the seed. Protect the promise. Protect the vision. Protect what God told you. God may have put it in you. You know, when I... When I mentioned earlier about my, you know, what God put in our heart to come back to Montgomery and how he interrupted our, we had, to, we had to be willing to have our agenda interrupted, you know, make room for God's agenda, number one. And when God put that in us, I still had to, I still had to make sure I hung around encouragers. Amen. Because I had some people try to talk me out of it. And he, just, he was trying to pull that, pull that out of me and, uh, and said, well, maybe, you know, even, even voices like maybe it's not, uh, and, and, I, and I gave in to some of these voices for a little while, uh, you know, entertained them when the Lord put it in our heart to come here. It was like, well, maybe that's five to 10 years down the road. Well, but the Lord confirmed that in me. He had to, when I got, see, when I got along with him and worshiped, and got him on my mind. I was able to protect that seed. And it got stronger on the inside. I got stronger in my consecration to the fact that, no, it's not for five or ten years down the road. It's for next year. <laughs> it's for pretty soon. And because uh, the timing was important in the plan of God for us. Amen. Well, timing. See, these, these things are important for you. You don't want to have a miscarriage of a dream, of a goal, of, of, of a promise of what God has for you. Now, if you miss it, you get right back in the game. You, you get back up. You say, Father, I'm sorry I missed it, but you get back in there. See, even the gifts, callings, and promises don't leave. They don't go away. God still has a plan for you. He's still got a purpose for you. He's still got dreams for you. He's still got goals for you. He's still got promises that he wants fulfilled in your life that don't change just because you may have gotten into some unbelief. The good news is you can get back into faith. Get up and start believing God again. Get up. Abraham had to get up. Had to get up. You got people throughout the Bible had to get up because they got knocked down 
and it looked like their dream was stolen. They had to get back up. The promise looked like it wasn't coming to pass. Had to get back up. Sometimes you got to get up and start believing God again. Get back in the word. Keep meditating the word. Get back, esteem the word, and worship. And get strong again. Get your strength. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen that vision. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah, there's some that need to pick it back up. Pick up the dream I put on the inside of you. You've cast it down because of certain things that have come into your life. You cast it down because of other voices in your life. But pick that back up. It has not changed. My purposes for you have not changed. And I know how to get you to where I need you to go, but I need you to stay consecrated to me and stay in the victory flow, which is meditating my word and keeping your eyes stayed on me. Because as you keep my eyes stayed on me, says the Lord, you're going to see the victory. You're going to see the the manifestation of what I put on the inside of you. For surely it shall come to pass and nothing can stop it. The enemy can't keep it from coming to pass. So rejoice and be glad and keep your focus in the right place and you'll see the hand of the Lord and you'll finish your race. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Isn't the Lord good? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, whether you're here in the service with us in person or you're with us online. I just want to make sure everyone here, first off here, that everyone, everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs that miracle of the new birth. The greatest miracle that can happen to you is being born again. Just like Jesus was born in the, from the womb of Mary, born by the divine seed of God. When you receive Jesus, there's a divine seed of the Holy Spirit who comes on the inside of you and causes you to become a new person. You can be born again. You can be changed forever. But that's a choice you have to make. It's a decision. You've got to believe on the gospel. You've got to believe that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead for you. That's something you have to receive this. Just like Mary had to be a willing participant, you have to be a willing participant of the gospel, of the seed of God's word in your life. So if that's you this morning and you need to receive Jesus today, just follow me in this brief, little, just this brief, quick prayer. But I want you to do it from your heart. I want you to say these things after me from your heart. God, I know I need Jesus. I know I need a savior. I realize I'm in sin. But Father, I see now Jesus died for me, that he rose from the dead for me. And I thank you for that. So I receive Jesus right now as my Lord and as my savior. Thank you, Father, for saving me and now making me a part of your eternal family. In Jesus' name, amen. See, that's all it really takes, just a confession from the heart, receiving Jesus from your heart. You can do that in different forms. That just came out that way with that time. It can be a different, you can just say, Jesus, I receive you. You can just call on his name and that miracle will happen on the inside of you. Being born again. See, Jesus told Nicodemus, you got to be born again. It's not what natural family you grew up in. It's what spiritual family you're now a part of. you got to be part of God's family, and that's a spiritual family. It means you're born of the Spirit. You're made brand new. Thank God you become a new creation in Christ. Greatest miracle of all. Greatest miracle of all. Thank God for miracles of healing. We believe in that. We preach that. Thank God for all the other miracles God wants to do in your life. And that's why we have to get into God's word and let that seed uh, and keep hearing the word of God, uh, you know, on these subjects that help plant that seed into our lives and water that seed in our lives. We need those. We need all the miracles we can get, right? 
the supernatural power of God at work in our life through the word of God. We've got to make room for the word of God and esteem it in our lives. Hallelujah, just like Mary did. But the greatest miracle of all, don't let Christmas come without you making that commitment to Jesus. And if you're a Christian today, take to heart some of these keys. Maybe it's just one or two for you. Maybe you haven't been, you've not liked the fact that God may want to interrupt your agenda. But listen, always know this. God always has your best interest in mind. And he's not going to put anything in your heart that will not eventually cause you to rejoice and be glad. It may initially look difficult, and your flesh may not like it initially, but let me, let me just tell you, your flesh will get in line once you see what God's doing in your life. You just got to tell your flesh how it's going to be in the early stages with some of these adjustments God may have for your life. He may have a different agenda than what you thought. Be open to that. Be willing for that. Amen? And go. And if you're having trouble discerning the will of God, just go back to being a doer of the word. Read your Bible and, and esteem what God says. If he, if he tells you to, to walk in love, he tells you, you know, different things to, to give, to whatever that is, he'll speak to you through his word and, you, and, you, and just purpose, I'm going to do that. And if God's got further things he wants you to do, he'll let you know by his spirit. Amen. But just be busy doing his work. You know, that's what, that's what Mary was just busy about doing the will of God that she knew. And then God taps her on the shoulder. I've got a special calling for you. But she, because she had had a heart already receptive with the word of God because she'd been in church her whole life. She'd been dedicated to the Lord. She was ready. Amen. To begin to step into what God had for her. See, God's only got good things for you and me. See, Mary got to see, she got to be with Jesus even though she had some difficult times in her life. You know, you know it was prophesied to Mary that you're, you're going to have a sword come into your heart. Talking about In fact, she's going to have to see her son die on a cross. That's in another another area there, but in the word of God. But 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 guess what? She also got to see the resurrection. And then she got to be in the upper room when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Man, Mary had an amazing life, all because she said, yeah, I'll change my agenda. I'll do what you want. See, God's got an amazing life for you. It doesn't matter when you start either. Just start now. Doesn't matter if you've missed it for the last 40 years. Start now. It really doesn't. You can't change the past. You can't do, you can't do anything about it. But you can start right now. Like, God, I've, I've got your agenda right now. I'm going to give your word and your plan first place in my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up.